What's up, folks? It is Tuesday night here on a lovely, warm evening here in Tampa. I was going to say afternoon, but it is evening time. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you especially for downloading the show, whether it be on YouTube and on our audio side of the house. We do appreciate it, as always. Thank you also to the 29 states here stateside, along with the 11 countries overseas, Brazil, Uruguay, and everyone else for tuning in and supporting the show. We really do appreciate it. And tonight... Yours truly is running solo, but no big deal because, as always, Mike Fuji is on assignment, and he's got a pretty big assignment that's coming up here this Thursday. And by the way, this Thursday, coming up, Leslie Goodell will be with us this Thursday. So tune in, 8 o'clock this Thursday, and that's where Fuji is on assignment tonight. Make sure he gets all the things wrapped up and ready for us on Thursday. But nevertheless, we have baseball back, as we spoke a little bit about it last week. We get to see some games finally live, as we saw last week with Philly Sports Trips. And if you guys need to make any kind of travels, sport travels, let me say more specifically, make sure you go with phillysportstrips.com. The fun that we had last week, and the gentleman that's going to be on with us also was there last week. It was great weather, great times, many new people, getting to hear different stories and having fun at it. So if you guys want a great tailgate party, like what we saw as far as not a tailgate party, but I'm going to call it Charlie Manuel day last week. It was fun to finally meet the man, thank him for what he did, thank him for winning that 2008 world series. And there will be an interview with him later on that I will post at one point here. As soon as I get done editing it on Facebook. So you guys can see and, or on my website. So make sure you check either or broad street, South, on Facebook and or BroadStreetSouth.com, BroadSTSouth.com, so you guys can check out the entire interview that Charlie provided. And he's got some good ones in there with Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, and everyone's favorite, Jimmy Rollins. He's got a great Jimmy Rollins stories. And somebody asked about Howard Eskin, and I'll leave it at that on what, what Charlie had to say about the return. So make sure it'll be sometime probably towards the weekend when I release that video but again, you guys will see that. And if you didn't get a chance to see, you'll see the still pictures and videos I put up there just a little while ago on the Facebook page where you guys can see what phillysportstrips.com is all about. But again, thank you to Vince. Thank you to Bob Cavanaugh. Thank you to everyone who came out. That was a lot of fun. Like I said, very enjoyable. They were treated to an Orlando win with the Sixers last week, a thriller. And then over to Clearwater for great weather, except for about a day where it rained a little bit. But nevertheless, there's always good times. But we'll get into some Major League Baseball talk tonight, also some Phillies talk, and maybe maybe touch on a little bit of what's going on here in the NFL. The Eagles have been quiet, but sometimes quiet is good, so we'll see what's going on with our birds. But nevertheless, I'm happy to see everyone here tonight, at least. I see the comments already coming in. And our guest, Chris, and if you guys have seen the promo earlier, it looks like it was 125 drunk Phils fans. Well, there might be, but it isn't 125 drunk Phils fans, it's just one drunk Phil's fan, which isn't, but he'll get behind the name of, his, of the uh, blog here. But everyone else, thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it. I'm Angel, and welcome to Broad Street South. All right, and to bring in the gentleman here, I want to do my due diligence as I do every single time when we have a host or a guest on. Make sure I bring it up here. If you guys want to follow the Drunk Phil's fans, you guys, all you have to do, go out on Twitter and on social media as far as when it comes to Facebook, also on Instagram, Drunk Phil's fans. And at the tagline, if you guys have not seen it, 
our bases are always loaded, which I think is absolutely fitting for Drunk Phil's fans. And with that being said, we're going to bring on the man behind the blog. It is Chris. Chris, how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing, Angel? Uh, thanks for having me on. So oh, nice listen. to meet you last week. Uh, had a lot of fun. So, so yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, again, Philly sports trips and Vince took care of everything. Just a great, great week. Yeah, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. I, I mean, I couldn't have a better time with everyone that we ended up meeting, being on the on the cruise for the night. That was a lot of fun to get to see the skyline. So, and thankfully, I was able to act hopefully a little bit as a tourist to show you guys exactly what it's all about around town. But it, it listen, it's always fun to meet great people. It's always fun to, to meet new folks, of course, and especially because they come down and I, I selfishly because you guys are coming back from back home down in Philly. So I get to feel everyone from Philly for a little bit before you all go back home. But uh, warm weather to trade in for I see the long sleeve shirt. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, what do you miss down there? Do, like, do you get the real cheesesteaks? And is there something soft pretzels? Like, what do you miss? I do miss the the pretzels. I will say I do miss a lot, especially yeah. when you're you're pretty much you can go anywhere to pick up a pretzel. So I, I will say it's kind of one of my big ones. The cheesesteaks, though, I'm I'm fortunate because there's a there's a place in Spring Hill uh, that actually Richie's cheesesteaks. The guy's originally from South Philly, and everything that he gets, he still gets from Philly. Minus the steak is about the only thing, but he does get the Amoroso bread. And everyone knows if you're going to get important. an authentic cheesesteak, yeah. it's got to be Amoroso. But yeah, there's. You know, while I don't miss, because obviously it's here, so that's a great thing. Although a lot of Floridians think that Wawa was made here, and I tell them, no, it's out from the county, from Philadelphia. So yeah, it was not invented in Florida. It moved down here, but it did not. Be, you know, I was not invented. And the first one that they actually opened up was in Orlando, so or, or right outside of Disney. And the story went that even when they were open outside from Disney World, they the first four hours that Wawa was open was completely emptied out and they had trucks standby on a warehouse to come then refill the store only to be sold out again. And so now they just celebrate wow. their, I don't want to make a lighter myself, but I think it was just their 300th store down here in Wawa, in uh, Florida. Okay. All right. So you get a little taste of home on both ends. That's cool. Yeah. So it's fun. And then John Krug, he attempted to open up attempted. And now we use the word attempted because I don't want to come down on a cruckster, but he tried to open up a cheesesteak place out in, uh, in Tampa just wasn't the same. Um, not the same kind of quality, definitely not the same rolls. And it just, it was for what you paid for on the steak was not what you normally get in a Philly cheesesteak. So yeah, it is. He tried. I'll give him that much. He did try. He tried his best. It just, it wasn't there. And, and then down in Tampa, it's kind of tough when you open up a business down there. But unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him. And it's fine because not like John Crux are in for any kind of money, but I'm pretty sure he'll try it again if he gets the opportunity. But yeah, yeah. I see Dylan, our local Tampa correspondent, now a Toronto Blue Jay, says, uh, Hey, everyone, Angel, good luck to yourself Friday with the Titans. Uh, also, can't wait to see till Sundays uh, when when my de facto team, the Blue Jays, play your Phillies. Yeah, yeah, Dylan. <laughs> good luck with that, my buddy. A nice ballpark. TD Bank ballpark is, is really nice, so I can't knock him too much for that. But uh, our young Dylan Spaulding getting hired by the Toronto Blue Jays as a scoreboard analyst, and then he finally got the gig as well for the minor league season. So Dylan doing big things in down here in Florida, but for Dunedin, for the Toronto Blue Jays. So good to see Dylan. And uh, the other comments are, as they come in, I'll end up reading them off there. But, Chris, I want to talk about, first of all, before we get into Phillies, how did the name – 
come up as drunk Phil's fans? Yeah. So, you know, I guess I started the official like Facebook site probably in 2010, but before then, you know, I was writing in a team were writing on the blog. Um, and it, it wasn't intentional to kind of like, we're not uh, saying we're alcohol laced and, you know, drunks, but it's like, I live baseball, like, 12 months, that's the sport. I, I do have union season tickets, fans of other sports, but I am like intoxicated on baseball. In January, I'm thinking about who the Phillies are going to get or who we may lose. Um, so it was a little bit of that, but it's also like, I love going to different breweries, um, different bars, trying different beers. So part of what I do on the page is I'll go to different places, try different beers. Part of it's posting that. Um, and I think, you know, beer and baseball just go together, apple pie, you know, America, hot dogs. So um, it just kind of took off. And, and originally it was just a blog. And then once social media kind of took off, um, it, the Facebook page grew and grew and grew. Um, and then Twitter and Instagram. So um, it, it's tough because sometimes, you know, the, the drunk word is it's a negative word. Um and, you know, us Philly fans get enough negativity already. Right. Um, so it, it's not, I think it's one of those things where I understand the optics of it, um, but we're not concerned with it. I just love what I'm doing. I love the people that are on the uh, page with me, um, the other admins. And we just have a lot of fun every day um, talking baseball. Okay, Dean, that's the, the big thing that a lot of people end up missing out on is that you have to, first of all, you have to love what you do. And it's like, just like us here at Brush Free South, we, if, if we enjoy doing what we're doing, and as I tell everyone that ever comes on the show, if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, you might as well go ahead and stop it. Because once the fun stops, the show stops, everything just stops. You have to enjoy the time and the devotion you put into whatever it is, whether it's a blog whether it's a show, no matter it's a radio host, because your content is what sells it to the fans. And with that, you got to make sure that you keep it fresh all the time to make sure that you know exactly what you're talking about, as you guys do as well. But the great thing is, is that as, as you start gaining a little more notoriety, then people start going back to you because they want to know, you know what, Chris and the Drunk Phil's fans put this together just last week and now someone else is breaking out the story, but we saw this somewhere else. And it, it doesn't even have to be a breaking news story. It could just be a small blurb somewhere you guys having to catch it for anybody else. And you guys might've been the first to actually put it out there. That's the great thing that when you're creating blogs, as a lot of people do now, it's those small stories that I think everyone missed when they used to have the paper back then. And you will look for it because you will look for those small stories within the bigger stories. And that's what makes you guys and makes everyone a lot better. So I'm glad that you guys love to do, obviously talk about the Phillies, you know, talk about major league baseball. And as we, we even you, you and I discussed, and we were on the cruise ship uh, that night on, on the, taking a nightly cruise is that major league baseball only did a five year deal with this current deal, which is something to me, it's worrisome because that means another five years from now, we could be going through this whole process all over again. And if you're offering guys over a half a billion dollar contracts, I can only imagine from here to five years from now, how much more are we going to get into the billion dollar folks? Are we going to start doing, you know, 1.5 billion? So it makes you wonder the fans are going to pay for it. Regardless of the way you look at it, ticket prices are going to go up. You know, beer prices will go up. Lord knows. I mean, I, I, we were over in Lakeland, I believe it was 1350 for a beer. And that's just at a minor league ballpark. Yeah. So I would imagine how much 
back at you know Citizens Bank Park, I mean, you're probably close to 20 bucks at this point this year because two bottle waters at the ballpark with $10, which normally you can go outside on a vendor and get them a dollar a piece. So the price is already starting to reflect upon what the fans are going to pay in. But I would like to know from your take, that five-year deal, how does that fit for you and your guys? So it's, it's worrisome because are we going to be back in the same situation again? Um, and I believe, you know, I, I don't know if you saw it, but they are going uh, with the ghost runner again. So the extra innings rule, they're going to start with the guy on seconds. Um, so I, I worried about the state of baseball um, because, you know, I don't think kids are playing it. When we grew up um, where you were or where I was, I think it was, um, you know, you saw kids playing baseball on the street. Now you don't see it now. They're, they're right. not doing it as much. It's, it's basketball, it's soccer, it's a bunch of different things. So I think we're losing like the people younger than us. Um, so it's like our age and on, we're not getting, baseball's not getting a lot of new fans recently. And I think the, um, you know, the 99 day strike or lockout or whatever it was kind of like, it, it really dampened things. And, and five years, I mean, I guess, you know, Nick uh, just signed and he's here for five years. So will he, you know, w- what happens with someone who's more of a, a long-term or how does that happen? It's, it's disappointing um, that, that we have a passion for baseball, but sometimes it's still seen as a business a little bit too much to my liking. Uh, and, and I'm a traditionalist with, with baseball. So the DH, I don't love it. I understand why they went with it. You can't have one league that has the DH and the other one that doesn't. Um, the bigger bases, not a huge deal. It's some safety issue. Um, but some of the, some of the other things uh, that I heard, at, at what point does it stop? Uh, I know they want to bring more offense into it. But I still love a one nothing game. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's nothing like it. And we, we talked about it. I think it was almost at the ballpark as well. Like, listen, either you're – if you're going to be a fan, understand that baseball will never be sped up to like an hour-and-a-half game, two-hour game. It's three-and-a-half hours, four hours of your life that you need to just devote for that afternoon. And you can bring your – you know, everyone knows. You, the more people you bring to the ballpark – the better it is because you can break out into different conversations as the game's going on, as a lot of people do when they go to the ballpark. Yeah. As me being a nerd for many, many years until this day here, I loved it. If even if I went by myself because I was into the game, but of course I love when friends come around because it, it's great when you get to get not only caught up with things that you've been so busy doing, but at the same time catching a great ball game. And the more exciting it is, like you're saying, whether it's a one run deficit, it makes it even better. If it's getting close to obviously a no hitter, you're going to seventh and eighth, which you never want to say when you're at the ballpark, but in your head, you're thinking about it. Those are things you tend to enjoy as a fan. And I think that's why I hope that major league baseball, if again, Five years from now, we're in 2027. We're going to do this all over again. I hope they settle it a lot faster than when they did this time around. But the big thing is going to be that money. And the money seems to be the biggest fuel driver here with his contract. And I don't know how many times you're going to be able to pay these guys to hit a ball and catch a ball over a half of a billion dollars. I mean, that's just insane money when, you're, when you really think about it. I mean, you have what in L.A., 400 million, if I remember correctly, 440 million after Bryce Harper had his $330 million deal for 12 or 15 years. So it's just, I don't know how much more money that it's going to be coming up. But I want to get two comments here that I see uh, people coming in here. It says, uh, Chris says, Hey, Chris, you need to get drunk Phil's fans uh, to Japan, recruit some of the good baseball talent here, which uh, that would be entertaining. 
And yeah, Donna so says, Chris is uh, Chris. Uh, he is a uh, my neighbor um, when I was a kid. So we grew up together. We played baseball, and I know he's living in Japan now. So yeah, Chris, I would love to visit. I'm sure there is. Uh, we need uh, another, you know, Otani to get to the fill. So keep your eye out over there. <laughs> oh, now, I'm wondering if, if Chris, you're still tuned in. Does he get to a lot of games out there in Japan? I'm not too sure if he uh, if he does or not. Does does he happen to let you know if he gets to, to many games out there in Japan? I don't see him post about any games, so I'm not sure exactly where he is and if there's any of the um, the league over there, you know, close to him. So I'm not I'm not sure. Right. And then Donna, uh, she says that uh, Drunk Phil's fans is entertaining. So it's good to see that. And again, that's the feedback yep. that you like to see. So that that's a great thing. And Lee, what's going on? Uh, and you'll go home to Tokyo. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that might answer that one there. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Donna, you, we love seeing you on here. Um, long time DPF person, so I know your name. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Yep. As always, always appreciate it. Lee, by the way, uh, great, great friend. Just like family, Lee Money from Steel State Renegades, Redline Radio, LLC, which the show can be viewed there as well, redlinellc.com. If you guys want to listen to some great music, some fantastic shows, they're up to about 15, 16 shows, if I remember at this point. So, uh, Great job always by Redline Radio, LLC. And Donna says you're welcome. Oh, so, cool. Again, thanks for everyone for tuning in tonight. But, Chris, we saw that the, as we we witnessed the game on Friday, the opener uh, ended up as a 6-6 tie. Looked like the Phillies kind of went stale. But then again, a lot of the lineup was not based upon what their starters were. I think there was two starters, if I remember correctly, about three at max. Uh, in the game, they want to see their minor league system come into play because – we haven't seen the minors in the last two years, thanks to COVID. So was it, and, and again, just going by what we saw in the field, was it something that the Phillies wanted to start out with to see more of the minor league talent prior to bringing the major league talent onto the field? So I think it was really two-pronged. Um, we took a bus um, because, you know, we were over in Clearwater to Lakeland, and it was like an hour and a half, close to two-hour drive. So I, I just feel like maybe part of it's like Bryce Harper and JT don't do bus rides anymore, um, you know, when it's going to be long like that. So I think a part of that is just, you know, in the minors, normally your stars are almost always playing at home or you have a better chance, and they might send one or two on the road. Right. But I also think, you know, in, in center field, like they have to run a bunch of people out there. Um, Muziati, who probably won't make the team, um, but they did expand the rosters in April from 24 to 28. So that's something that's new. So there might be these fringe guys that now are making the team um, that may not have. So I think that it, it does have a lot to do with it. And maybe they knew ahead of time that they're going to have four extra um, spots uh, to kind of fill. I was uh, surprised that they sent, uh, you know, one of the, the catchers down. So, like, right now the Phillies backup catcher, I mean, JT's going to play the bulk, but I don't know who it is at this point. I thought it was going to be Marshawn, but he got sent to the minors. So I don't think it's going to be him. Yeah. <clears throat> I think what I feel bad for is the minor league farm system because obviously we haven't, again, two years in a row, the first year, it, it basically was next to nothing. They had canceled the entire season. Last year was yeah. the delayed start once again because it was delayed start even for the Major League Baseball season. And then this year, thankfully, they're going to get everything kicked off on time. Clearwater Threshers, I believe the first game is April 8th. April, sorry, April okay. 9th. Uh, because you have the um, 
the regular baseball season started the eighth, so I think they shifted the day over to the ninth. It's going to be good to see him down here because the guys that even myself and my producer Debbie in the other room there, we didn't get to see the same guys that we saw the year before from this team. Now, whether because they didn't make the cut or it was one of those things that they had no idea whether there was going to be another season started. But I know seeing some of the talent that we have down here, they look promising. Some other guys, not as much. Unfortunately for the Phillies, they have, you know, if, if just being completely honest, it's a depleted farm system from Clearwater, basically up to Reading. It's not looking too well. But again, every year is completely different. We get to see more guys finally getting time in that they need in order to be successful to make it to the Major League Baseball ranks. But the Phillies, as far as the way I see it, still pretty much hurting for the most part on the pitching rotation side of the house. Still not nailed it. Still not there to where we needed to be. But I was asked before on an earlier show, a previous show last Thursday, how far do I believe the Phillies are from these contending? And I said about five years. Does it seem like that's a far stretch for Phillies to get back to another World Series contention? Or is there something maybe prior close to that? So you're asking if I think they're a World Series contender now or in five years? In about five, I would say about probably about five years. I mean, I, I hope it's now. I, I'll tell you, I was thinking about this earlier today. And in 2003, when Tommy came over, we weren't good for about 10 years. And then that moment was kind of like when we felt maybe we could do it. It still took us four years to get to the playoffs in 07. But there was that certain buzz, like being alive and a Phillies fan from 07 to 11 that was had to be like it was in the 70s, uh, you know, from like, I guess, 75 to maybe even 81 or 82. Um, but I feel that there are things, you know, we paid for bats, right? So these guys aren't going to make great plays. We don't have hardly any, maybe not, no plus fielders, like no one who's, but if they can make the normal plays and the pitchers can go six or seven innings. Like today I saw uh, Sir Anthony pitched one inning, 14 pitches, 12 strikes, averaging 97 miles per hour, struck out the side. Like if he's your sixth or seventh inning guy and you have guys like Familia, Hand, Nabel, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's it's closer than that. Um, and, and, and I think that's probably why Middleton went, you know, and, and finally – did the not stupid money, but the smart money and says it's times now, like these guys are 30, like, you know, Bryce and JT and uh, Hoskins, like this is their prime. If we're going to do it with these guys, it's got to be now. And sometimes you got to get lucky. I think right. our bullpen was incredibly unlucky. I think they were terrible, but part of it was they were just unlucky. And Nola was unlucky last year. If you look at his uh, balls that were in play that were actually hit or is too straight it was brutal like absolutely 50 percent worse than any of his other years i don't think things like that are going to repeat um so i'm hopeful that it's this year honestly i i'm, I'm tired of not being in the playoffs but i'm tired of like the loser mentality of the playoffs or you know that that's the win hey we made the playoffs i i don't ever want to think like that i don't think like that now i don't i, I don't want to i don't think most people do but we're just happy to get that next step is the playoffs. But 
I mean, I know there's powerful teams out there. I'm just, I'm still hopeful, <laughs> Angel. Yeah, and I think as as many people are same way with Donna because she says that the film's uh, Phil's farm system is awful, which is, you know, it, again, an accurate statement because you can't mask it any other way. And she also says a Nola no run support, and and again, last year was a lot of things that went wrong for the Phils. Uh, we hope, especially when it comes to injuries, Lord knows that, and not just the Phillies. It seems like it goes to the Eagles and the Sixers and the Flyers, which the Flyers. By the way, I'll keep saying it. I don't know what's going to happen with the Flyers. I almost feel like the Snyder family will turn around and sell this team. I don't know what's going to take for him to shake up the Flyers. The worst I've ever seen in my lifetime, but hopefully they get better. But when it comes to the Phillies, I, I think Joe Girardi took a lot of heat last year. I think a lot of people wanted to run him out of town. Uh, and, and I don't know why, because to me, it's one of those things that, you know, Joe can only do but so much. As your manager, you're going to be able to, to, to either stay in there, hang in there, and work with what you have. And he was hoping that Middleton, when he told me he was going to send, you know, spend stupid money, that he was going to do great things. And last year, we just didn't see it. As you said, this year, they're spending smart money compared to the stupid money. And I just hope as the season progresses, they know where they need to start filling in the gaps. I know, for again, on the pitching rotation side of the house, that is a major one that needs to be, you know, at least looked at more then what you'll see first from the batting side of the house. So your your defense needs to be definitely beefed up versus your offense. And I want to bring up Cindy here. She makes two comments. She says, hi, Angel and Chris. Uh, DPF rocks. Thanks for the great forum. Chris, I agree. It's got to be this year. Pitching looks so much better this year. Yeah. And follows up with, um, yeah, the Flyers are a hot mess. They're losing right now 2 nothing. as we talk about it. Uh, first in Detroit. So, listen, the Flyers are just – Cindy, I'm right there with you because it, even though I do live down here in Tampa, obviously I, I follow the Lightning and what's going on here because I have two reporters down here from the Lightning that end up uh, being on the show as well. But the Flyers, I just, I, again, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on because I just, I cannot believe how bad they are. I mean, they're worse than the Bad News Bears. If the Bad News Bears had a hockey team, I think that's how bad they are. They, they probably end up losing against a high school team. It's just, it's a shame. Cindy says she's hanging her head in shame. So that, that's uh, pretty hysterical. Said. Sydney, thanks for tuning in. Don and everyone else, thank you for tuning in. Of course, we have Chris tonight from the Drunk Phils fans. And again, thank you, Chris, for taking the time for coming out. And again, it was a pleasure meeting you guys, you and your wife last week. It was a lot of fun down here in Clearwater, along with Philly Sports yeah. Trips and Vince, you know, doing a great job. But I want to get to, before we get some more Phillies talk, Charlie Manuel, Yeah. at the yeah. age of 78, how sharp that gentleman still is, the stories that he told, the knowledge that he has, and is he he just talks about and when as we were there, he talks about himself as if he's still trying out for this team. Charlie knows he's well loved. He will always be loved in Philly, will always go down as a legend in Philadelphia for doing what he did for the fan base. And I'm glad we had the opportunity to tell him thank you for what he did for the Phillies. But it's funny to hear him, like he talked about at times when someone asked him a question that, you know, I wish the Phillies would listen to me as a batting coach. You are the 2008 World Series manager. I'm pretty sure the Phillies are listening to a lot we have to say. But it's just, you know, he never talks about himself at any kind of like high echelon or anything else like that. He just talks about himself as if he's just still fighting to be on a team somewhere. One yeah, thing humble I man. Yeah. Beautiful stories. It, it was like it was like sitting in his living room just hearing some yarns of the years. Um, he was just awesome. And I would never believe he's the age he is. You know, it just doesn't look it, doesn't act it. Uh, that that was an amazing experience. Yeah, right. I wish 
That's one thing. And as for those who are just tuning in right now, I do have the full interview with uh, Charlie Manuel. And I'll be putting out this sometime later on this week, either on our Facebook page on Broad Street South or look for it on our actual website, broadstreetsouth.com, broadstsouth.com, as you guys can see at the bottom of the page here. So Charlie talked about this team that he believes they can also do well this year. He likes what's out there. He Someone asked him about Abdul Herrera, saying that if he likes it, that he's back with the team. As Charlie said, he didn't like his hijinks, the stuff he does off the field, but he also said surprisingly that he's an underrated player. And I, coming from just a fan on from this side of the house, and you blogging about it all the time, why do you feel, Chris, that he said that he feels that Abdul Herrera was an underrated player? I I don't understand that. That's the the one point with Odubel that I just disagree. I mean. I, he's been around long enough, and his baseball IQ may be the worst that I've ever seen of any player. Like, he just continues to make the same idiotic mistakes time after time. But Charlie said he's a hard worker. He said he's there early. He stays late. Um, I, I just – I don't think he's underrated. I just think we should have moved on. Like, I, I don't I don't think he's the answer. Um, and I know he's hurt right now, and I, I don't want – anyone to be hurt, but I, I don't really want him on the team either. I think it, it, he's not a distraction. I believe people need second chances, but I'm just done with Odubel. Um, just his nonsense uh, and, and the back flipping and stuff like that on a double or a pop-up, like I, I, that's kind of like what happens now. I do hate it, um, but it's more of like not knowing how many outs there are, not knowing the game situation. It's just, what are you thinking out there? So Talent is only one part of it. It makes me think of uh, Bull Durham. So right. Nuke Lelouch is this powerful arm. And, you know, Crash Davis says he has a million-dollar arm and a 10-cent head. Uh, maybe that's what it, Charlie sees with O'Double, um, where he has all of these skills, but he's just not putting it together. Um, I hope he does somewhere else, but I, I, I don't want him here anymore. <laughs> No, and, and I think a lot of people don't want him here as well. I like to get Cindy and Donna, if you, if you ladies are still tuned in, about your take about Abdul Herrera as well. But you know, there, there are people just like you have now, for example, Deshaun Watson, who's going to get apparently a big second chance with a five-year, $280 million deal there with the Cleveland Browns. So I guess you know they, they did their research, extensive research, and feel that you know if, if all these stories had collaborated – the way they were, not saying it's completely over, but if a grand jury didn't decide to indict him, then that means there's flaws and holes in the stories. With yeah. Abdul, it was a complete different thing. We know it because we heard about it. There was a report. I mean, there was, it's a big difference between Deshaun and Abdul, but I also don't by any means say that Deshaun did anything any better than Abdul. As someone that's in, in a, any kind of professional sport, you should know what your actions are. You should know the fans are going to be, they're going to support you. And in Philly, everybody knows that either it's a make or break city. They can say whatever they want to about any other city in the world. Philly, if if your skin is not tough, I don't care who you are, you're not going to make it. It's us in the workforce, and we're tough with each other because we bring out the best of one another. But the same way with the fans. The fans are passionate in Philly. They absolutely love our teams. But when you do silly mistakes and dumb mistakes, yeah, you're going to pay for it because the fans are going to get on you if it is a legitimate story. So I hope, Abdul, if, if anything – at least learned from his mistakes and continue to learn from his mistakes, his mistakes and get better. No different than Deshaun, for example, but Philly's begin. They, they make, I guess one big splash. They bring in Schwarber and apparently obviously he, he loved the move coming to Philly. 
Uh, I don't know if the Phillies were pursuing someone else because again, there was rumors and, and rumors spread mean absolutely nothing. But Kyle seems like he's, he's really happy to be here. He seems to be excited. I didn't get the opportunity to watch the uh, unfortunate press conference a couple days ago. Again, due to my full-time job site, I missed out on it. I haven't gotten a chance to catch a replay. Yeah. What's the feeling in the room as far as in the clubhouse for him being here and then what he believes in the Phillies? I mean, I have to believe this guy is like the prototypical, like he, Philly's going to love this guy. He he reminds me of like, you know, maybe an Incavelia and a Croc from 90, like the 93 team, you know, beloved team. Um, I, I don't think that uh, he's going to be as bad as his 2020, you know, uh, uh, Schwerber had just a terrible year and last year he had an incredible year. And if he didn't get hurt, he might've hit 50 home runs last year. Um I think he's strikeout prone. You know, I think he's going to average two a game, but he's going to hit 30 to 40 home runs too. So, uh, and if we can kind of hide his deficiencies or glove um, in left field, um, he's to me seems like, like a, a a left-handed Greg Lazinski, you know, we hit him in left field, hit a ton, I mean, Greg hit more for average than Schwerber did. I am not certain that I see Schwerber as the number one hitter. I know he gets on base, but he strikes out a lot too. And I, I just want him to be able to like, just not feel like he's the number one hitter has to see a lot of pitches. I want him to knock runs in, hit home runs, hit doubles, move guys along. Um, so I'd like to see him move down. I don't know who number one is, but Schwerber, I, I think he's going to fit in great. Um, said all the right things. Uh, just seems like the type of guy. Boston loved him. Washington loved him. And I think we're going to love him. Right. I think so as well. And and we'll see. I, I, I have hope for this team this year. I think bigger hopes than we saw last year. I don't know. The only thing I don't like, again, as we also tie in the Major League Baseball talk here, I wasn't too thrilled that they still want to have the 162 games which is fine from a fan base perspective, but you're also rushing through spring training to then start going. You have the first full week of baseball of opening week. I believe the first two weeks, then you start inserting the double headers, which to me, if these guys aren't conditioned yet to where they need to be, and then you're adding double headers in there. Granted, it may not be the same guys through the second game, but to me, that's when you start proning yourself more to injuries. Don't know exactly how you feel. And I'd, I'd like to get your take as well. Was it smart for Major League Baseball after coming to this agreement to then something that they, they were trying to get away from altogether from this whole doubleheader nonsense, a lot of times where the players themselves don't want to really deal with it? Was it smart for them to insert a 162 game season, a condensed spring training to now where it opens up the possibility of injuries? Well, it, it's a huge worry because a lot of the, um, a lot of the, te- you know, a lot of the MLB teams are in cold weather situations. So, you know, I, I don't think it's the same. Or you know, Bryce is thirty and he has back issues. Is he going to have them when he's in Philly? And it's it could be forty degrees on opening day. We don't know. Um, I think you know, I'm always happy for more baseball, but maybe it should have been one fifty four or one forty something this year, and 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 avoided those double headers. I, I have to agree with that. Um, they know they're going to start late with the abbreviated um, spring training. The part of that is, I think the guys who are 
players who have played for a while, they generally do not like spring training. They feel like they can get where they need to get on their own, and they don't need these tune-up games. So I don't feel the abbreviated is going to hurt them. It hurts some of the fringe players. Maybe the guy, like, we don't know, is Torres going to make the team, or is it going to be stopped? Um, I think for those type of guys, spring is very important. And maybe extending it from 24 to 28, maybe it's four pitchers just because of those um, DHs that are coming in. Because, you know, in a, 18 innings like the Phillies, I, I, who knows? They, they could use 10 pitchers right. that day, maybe, maybe more. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping it's not like last year because 10 would be like, you know, that would be normal in a nine, one nine inning game um, at times. But I, I agree. I think I, I I think I wouldn't have went one sixty two. I wonder if it had something to do with the money because the players yeah. get played per game, right? And right. Not per month or by week. Yeah. No, I think so. I think there was a comment that was made there uh, not too long ago, that earlier this week, about it, exactly that. That it might have been because of the money. So who knows? I know that for. Nick Castellanos, he he came over from the Reds, five year deal. The the Phillies agree with uh, with him for a five year deal. But Rick Mark is another great friend of the show there from Southwest. Uh, he says he likes Castellanos, but he plays where Harper plays, which is right field. He's thinking that maybe they'll move him over to third base. Uh, yeah, because I bone like uh, man today. I don't know if you saw the game, but another just like two horrendous plays. One was a little bit difficult, but one was just like a plain, you know, you got to make those plays. These guys may not make the spectacular, but they have to absolutely make those just easy ground balls. And he throws it away. And then I think Bohm's a, a, a kid who that gets in his head. Um, and what he did in the field, he takes it to the batter's box or vice versa, and he's not able to separate that. Um, I'm just not sure that the success of the Phillies farm team or, or farm, where does that stem from? Is it is it the – because we kind of failed on Moniac, 2016's number one guy. He's I don't think he's ever going to play at this point. Um, it, it's We're you know six years in. He, he's not going to play. Uh, when you look at Veerling, he was a fifth rounder, so maybe you hit on someone like that. But then again, Hazley, like Hazley was a first rounder, and he's not really in the plans right now. He might have fell into the plans because Oduble was hurt again, but I, I just, I liked him. I just don't trust him. Um, yeah, we, we stay within the division here, and you look at Atlanta, obviously winning the World Series, Looking to to once again do it again this year, um, and they they could have a a probability. And by the way, it's the only fan base that I know of, and and call me nuts, but the only time they seemed to show up was the last game of the World Series when they kind of felt like they were actually going to win it all, even though Houston came very close from taking that away. But again, I, I, I don't understand the Atlanta fan base. I, I don't get it. They made the brand new stadium because they swore they were going to bring in, you know, the crowds all over. And everything. It, it looks just like when they were in downtown Atlanta, no difference at the old Olympic Stadium. So Atlanta yeah. kind of made, you know, a couple of moves here. Uh, as soon as the talks came, uh, we're done with the talks. New York Mets obviously were making a bunch of moves prior to the strike. And then, you know, afterwards, they've kind of slowed down a little bit. But the Mets spending what, again, refer back to the Phillies, was spending stupid money because they want to win now. So between the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves, just sticking with those three there, do the Phillies have any kind of potential run to at least hang out? 
I would say maybe second place. I won't say first yet because, again, we don't know. Major League Baseball, it's different week to week, day to day. Can the Phillies at least hang out in second for, I would say, at least the first quarter of the season, the way the schedule is written right now? Yeah, I, and I think so. And uh, the Braves, I think, are the competitors, right? I, the Mets, like, they went out and spent money, but the Mets are the Mets. Uh, it, it'll be nice to have a rivalry as an aside. I don't know if you saw, but Max Scherzer and Castellanos are kind of going back and forth on social media or via commentary. Um, so I'm interested to see that Mets-Phillies rivalry be, be, be interesting again. I mean, I don't want the Mets fans to come to Citizens Bank Park, Um but if I were a Mets fan, I'd want to come there better than their dump. Um, City Field is, you know, a disaster. It's better yeah. than Shea, but it's a dump. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, Atlanta didn't lose much other than Freeman, which is a huge one to lose, right? But they yeah. still, like, Acuna wasn't playing last year, and they were that good. So I have to assume they're going to be in the same spot. Their, their bullpen, just a bunch of, I thought were, no name something some of them are just no name guys and they're out there everyone's throwing 95 and above left-handed just ridiculous uh hopefully we get some of that rub this year but i i think that they you know first or second place because if the phillies can stay in it until you know at that point at june july like maybe it's the time we get that extra person that matt stairs that someone that pushes you that little bit wherever that's hole maybe you know the fifth starter or you know another bullpen piece uh maybe some defense because it, here's the thing um angel like late inning who do you put in for defensive purposes right now we have a whole team of guys that have flintstone mitts like no one's a defensive whiz i right. i wouldn't even know what you would do um late inning I, yeah i think you're like Hopefully we can score enough runs that late innings don't matter, but I don't think that there's that defensive re- uh, replacement um, either. No, I don't think so either. And I know obviously with the switching out in the outfield and things changing, because you're, you're not going to be able to keep as much as we love to as Phillies fans, as major league baseball fans, as fans in general, we'll love to keep every team together for as long as we possibly could. I mean, I don't know how the Eagles did as far as they got rid of Fletcher Cox and bring him back, obviously for less money, I guess, if you want to name because he, getting things restructured. Sometimes you let the guys go unemployed for a couple hours as they renegotiate contracts and do everything else. But it seems like to switch now over to the other side of the coast, the left coast or the West coast, whichever anybody wants to refer to, but saying the San Diego Padres seem to be one of the hotter teams that players want to go and play. Now I haven't gotten the opportunity. We talked about it uh, when we were together as far as Petco park, being one of those places that seems like everyone really wants to go to. I don't know if it's just something in San Diego where they're finally starting to make that turn. You know, they the Padres have never been contenders for, for many years. And if they get hot, it's for a short little run, and then we don't hear or see anything of them for a while. Seems like ever since they've been over at Petco Park, they've finally been getting there, and their farm system is probably, I would say, one of the top fives in all of Major League Baseball. And they did it via trades. Obviously, going through their doing their homework from the minor league status, looking at teams from the East Coast to grab over to the West Coast. So, this, between the San Diego Padres and even the Oakland Athletics, which I know they're coming up always a little bit short, but they're just a player or two away from getting it all. What seems to be the gravitational pull? And even for Seattle, for the most part, why does it seem like the players want to go play? And, and I guess I'll start with San Diego first. Why does it seem like that's a go to destination? 
I don't know. I think it's beautiful hitting weather and pitching weather the entire season. It's it's always 70 or 80. So I think, you know, that has a little bit of a draw to it. Um, but I think when you sign or a team signs that marquee player and pays that person and Tatis, you know, whatever happened with him with, the, you know, the injury. Uh, but still, like they went out and paid for him. And I, I think that's where someone may want to go because they're seeing that this team wants to win. I think some teams don't want to win and it's more of a business. And, and that's where, you know, Nick said that kind of like backhandedly, but about Cincinnati, I don't think he wanted to leave there. I think he would to stay, but they wouldn't pay him the money. So he's like, well, then I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, Cause as soon as he left, a few of the other um, players kind of like, were like they, they shipped them off too. So it's, it's still, uh, you know, um, it's still a business. Now you mentioned Seattle. So the, um, their scouting, I, I played their scouting director. I played like grade school, high school ball with him. He's awesome. And I, I think he just has an eye for talent and we need something like that. And there's also Oakland, Tampa Bay, the Rays, like their payrolls, nothing yet. They continue to win. So right. I do like analytics i don't trust it 100 percent like some teams do i think there has to be a mix um and i think prior maybe with gabe and you know clintac that analytics kind of went this way because they would have never signed you know uh, schwerber or castellanos because maybe the, the some metric somewhere but like you see these guys uh, so san diego is definitely weather to me has something to do with it but i think the owner like they know they want to win um, and win now. Um, so uh, that's, that's just my opinion of it. Um, switching to top, like about the Phillies and Sixers, um, Angel, do you think Joe Girardi has won many games for the Phillies by the way he's managed? Do you think that he's done things that we don't see as fans that have won some extra games for the Phillies and when he was with the Yankees? Or do you think he's had the luck of, good Yankee teams, maybe some deficient Phillies teams, and he's not as good as we think he is. I want to say I don't think he's as good as he is. He definitely did have the luck, a stretch run, because obviously the Steinbrenners, you know, I mean, they they're, they they spent money. Everybody knows it. They, they bought. Yeah. If we're all going to keep it real here, and a lot of fans know I do not like the New York Stankies, and I've called them that for many, many years. But for New York Yankees, obviously they always spent money to build those championship teams. And so it's different. If you're providing your manager, no, now that if, if to make comparison here, Bill Belichick from the new England Patriots turns no names into big names and wins two goals with them. Or if not, they get marketed out somewhere else because then he can go again with lower draft picks. He knows how to draft well. And so does his entire team. So he can build a great team with no name players. Versus the Yankees yeah. were able to put those players, you know, via the, you know, from the Rangers, being from the Astros, you know, being from the Dodgers, they were able to take those players and put that mold together for them to have them win the way he did in New York. Here in Philadelphia, it's been, don't want to say as much as luck. He's tried some of the formulas that he did in New York. Unfortunately, what works in the American League may not end up working in the National League. So he's had to, you know, basically reinvent himself and figure out what's the strategy, what works for him. And I know that the Phillies didn't like too much as far as when it came to
hey, I like the old school baseball the way it worked before. So I think with Girardi, he is to me getting a a kind of a, a bad rap because I think the fans expected for him to do what he did in New York. But you're right as far as if you don't put the acquisitional talent in front of him, there's only so much he can do. There, I mean, that's in any coach in any sport, no matter which way you look at it, from the Pee Wee League all the way up until they get into the majors. It's the same exact way. And I, I kind of feel bad for Joe Girardi because he is trying to do the best he possibly can with this team and this organization and being smart. But again, it's a relationship between your manager and your GM. That's where your two key pieces are. Same way we saw across the street over there, Lincoln Financial Field, owner, GM, GM, coach. And we saw that with, and obviously with Doug no longer being here, you know, and they bring in who they brought in. And it's just, to me, Joe Girardi is, he's going to be fine. I just think we're, it's going to have to be another two years and what they continue to build around them. If they continue to spend smart money, if they continue to figure out what key pieces from what other teams, if you can make trades, because right now the Phillies don't have a lot either, because in the, since they don't have a lot in the farm system to be able to trade for a good acquisition, it makes it hard for them. So this year, I think out of any other year in Phillies baseball history, the homework they're going to have to do to watch the kids that are coming out of high school, that are coming into going into college and same way they're coming in from college playing, you know, at, at the league levels that they are, Phillies are going to have to find those diamonds in a rough to put a great team together. And then once you start building them and starting from Clearwater, I'm not even going to go out to double A, just starting here in your single A affiliate. Once they start doing enough pieces and putting good pieces in, in the place, then we can start doing what we used to do before in that 2005 to 2011 run where you had all those great pieces that you could make you know, different moves. But I think Joe Girardi, he, he kind of gets a little bit rough. And I get it because we all want to win. We're all tired. Yeah. You know, I mean, since 2008 and 2009, as I said to Charlie, when we got to talk a little bit one-on-one was to me, it felt like they were gassed out or they just didn't care or celebrate too much. Like what we saw with the Eagles did after winning the Super Bowl. So to me, Joe is, he's, he's okay. I think it's tough. It's tough to see what's going to happen, but I think Joe's going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, Joe's with the Yankees in the eighth or ninth, he's calling out your hair and enter Sandman and Mariano's and, and the game's over. Like Joe's like, I'm putting Brandon Workman out there or, you know, anyone last year, the past two years, and they're just getting just absolutely bombarded, you know, like uh, home runs. Um, the thing I, I was watching the Sixers the past two nights and Doc Rivers, like he's just maddening. And, and he's mm-hmm. a guy that I don't think, the Sixers win in spite of him. I don't think they win because of him because some of the rotations and some of the times I see what five players he has out on the court at the same time, I just don't understand why they're resting all five starters in, right. in the third. And then we either get it close or then we go down. Um, so I think, you know, that, that, that has to change. And I just wonder if he's just not the guy. Um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think we'll see. maybe by... I guess we could take a look and, you know, think about this tonight and then we'll see about the first month of April. We'll see what we get of Joe Girardi and what he has to work with. Again, barring injuries or anything else, we'll see what, you know, we can talk about this. So you figure what today's March 22nd. So we'll, we'll go after this again on April 22nd and, and see what happens then, you know, how much progress has he made and how much do we believe and don't believe? Cause we know in, in Philly radio, Philly market, it, it's always tough. You know, we love when they go on those major streaks and we hate it like any other fan base when they, you know, when they go on that major losing streak. So 
I'm going to give Joe the benefit of the doubt. I think he's, he's going to be just fine. Uh, Sydney just has some breaking news for us, and she says the Phillies just announced that they agreed to one-year contracts with Alvarado and Hoskins and they'll avoid the operation, which is actually really good. Chipper, as I told you before, the Braves fans has still got to catch the Braves, although I'm not worried about the Braves too much this year. Uh, but he asks, who finishes last in NL least the Marlins or Phillies? I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, I, let's just agree that it won't be the Braves and it won't be the Phillies. Um, yeah. So I think the Nationals or the Marlins will. So I, I, I appreciate uh, Chipper's optimism uh, that the Phillies will, will, will finish that low, but it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, they won't. Uh, he also says he'd like to see Tony Bruno as the Phillies manager, which that would be uh, pretty <laughs> exciting for, for Tony Bruno to be out there managing the Phillies. But uh, no, I think for me, I think the Nats do finish last. I think the yeah. Marlins even get a little bit of a break. But And I know, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back here to uh, to Rick because he says he's surprised that more players don't come to Florida due to no state tax and great weather too. And as you just mentioned, listen, the Rays somehow or another make that magic work. I don't know how the Rays do it. The, one of the lowest baseball payrolls and we saw the year before and then making the world series run last year they came up a bit short but it it's what kevin cash does with that team and i believe he's gonna be if he does the same thing he's done with the Rays this year again i think kevin cash can be a hot commodity for a lot of teams out there for major league baseball don't know how the Rays do it but it's interesting to see the weirdest ballpark i have ever in my life been to I'm just going to ask that. Like, do you think they're going to stay there? Do you think no. Tampa Bay stays in Tampa Bay? I just don't see it. I, I, I don't know where they're going to go. Um, I was watching the Union played uh, Montreal, and believe it or not, Olympic Stadium in Montreal is still around. And for whatever reason, Montreal doesn't normally play there, the soccer team. But they played there, and I'm just like, it was so old, and I'm like, it looked terrible. You know, Dome Stadiums now we don't love, but it reminded me of uh, – you know, where the race play. And I just, uh, do you get there at all? Like what's your feeling when you walk in there? Yeah. So we get, we get to a couple of games throughout the year. Uh, the Phillies actually play an exhibition game before they head back home. Uh, no. and I think it's next week, but not this week. No, I, I think it is actually coming this week or next week, just before they go home and have a game um, before they open up the season. Very bizarre. Cool. I will say as far as when it's blistering hot outside about 95 degrees and a thousand percent humidity, like it is here in Florida, it's nice where you're actually, it's cooler inside the stadium, unless it is extremely hot, then you can feel the heat inside the stadium as well. It's just weird because it was not made for baseball. Tropicana field was obviously made for lightning. And then they, they decided to make it uh, the Rays field. The problem with the Rays was their owner had the, not so good relationship with the former mayor of St. Pete, Rick Kreisman. And okay. he just, he, he really threw the team for a loop. He wasn't, the team wasn't looking for the fans to burden, you know, the taxes and everything else when it comes to building a brand new stadium. But he was like, you know, if we can do it half and half, or maybe we'll even pick up 40, 60% of the cost. And you guys can pick up 40%. He says, no, if you guys are going to do it hundred percent and forget about it, no team ever, ever has ever foot the bill 100%. You know, yeah. you've gotten close to maybe 70, 30, but you're never going to get hundred percent. It's going to be, you know, unfortunately taxable to the people who live in, in the city. So they tried to come up with some stadium out there in St. Pete where the Rowdies currently play. Now, as okay. oddball as this may seem, if you ever got any chance to go down there to, to watch the Rowdies play, basically it's an old high school field that was then converted to a soccer field. 
but then they want to convert into a baseball field. So you would have basically a minor league feel for a major league baseball team. There's not too many seats in the house. The only thing that would be cool is you would have the complete backdrop of St. Pete, which isn't a bad thing. But again, when the humidity is extremely high down here in Florida, and that's the reason why the Marlins spend close to a billion dollars building their stadium, because you have the summer storms, which everybody knows if you live down here, it is the lightning capital of the world. So when the summer storms roll through, it's like many little hurricanes for like 15, 20, half hour, and then they're gone. So it's never an all rain day event. But when they do come through, they come through during game hours. So it's kind of hard to do it here in the summertime. Then they decided they were going to do a deal with Ebor City, basically moving back into Tampa and do a deal with Ebor, which was going to be, they had two versions of the stadium, an indoor version of it with a glass ceiling, which was going to be, again, a little bit tough because the extreme heat down here in Florida in the summertime. And yeah. then we're thinking about, okay, well, maybe we can't do an exact open air stadium. So the fallout plan was what the Rams did out there in LA, that you would still have a covered stadium, but make it open air to kind of save money where they wouldn't have to provide air conditioning all the time. But anybody knows, again, who's ever down here in Florida, starting next month, all the way through October, it's basically 90 plus degrees and the humidity usually stays at 100% all the way through October when hurricane season is about to wrap up. So yeah. they've been trying to work with them. Unfortunately, again, maybe the new mayor of St. Pete, he'll come up with the deal. They tried the deal with Montreal and it was going to be called the X-Rays, which I thought was going to be the most ridiculous name in the world. Yeah. That fell through because MLB said, no, we're not doing this part-time nonsense where we start in St. Pete and end up in Montreal because it wasn't going to benefit the players either. And a lot of the players were not reluctant of doing such a, even doing anything like that. So the Trump, it, it has its moments. It, it's just, it's a weird setup. It is a really weird setup as you're walking through it. You know, if you come in through home plate, or even on first base, you basically have to walk in front of everyone as you go through the lower bowl, like they did in Det uh, for Lakeland at Detroit yeah. Stadium. So yeah. it's basically the same where public field. You walk in front of fans in order to get to the outfield, to get out there. You also have to exit out of the building and enter another part of the building to get to the upper level of the same building. So it's just, it's a goofy setup. It, it's, it's a goofy little place. You know, if, if you're local here, you, you may end up loving it. I know everyone, as far as the Yankees and the Red Sox, when they come into town, it's a complete sellout because all the ones that live here from the area, they travel from Fort Myers Transplant, to watch the Red Sox play. Yeah. And the transplants from down here, I mean, they absolutely love it. But I don't know what's going to happen to the team. I hope. I hope it, they end up staying around. But who in the world knows? Uh, yeah. I will get Chipper giving me a second because Cindy says she's got to run. Got to run, guys. Thanks for the insights. Go Phils and DPF Rocks. Have a great night. Flyers losing 3-2 halfway through the second. Cindy, thank you so much. I hope you come thank back you. next week and view the show here with Leslie Goodell on Thursday. So I appreciate you tuning in. And thanks for cool. all the support for uh, the Drunk Phils fans. We do appreciate that. It says Rick wants come. Nope, not that one. Sorry. Rick says the trap is more like a circus atmosphere, which is absolutely true. It is top. absolutely true. <laughs> and Chipper says, will the Phillies bullpen be better? I mean, it can't get worse, can it? It can. It can. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say it can't get worse because shoot, I, I said that uh, the year before last, and then last year it was like, oh, we're in the same thing. It was like Groundhog's Day, um, but I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so as well. And Rick says that he has to admit the Rays do get more fans than the Marlins, and it, he's absolutely right about that one. They do get a lot more. 
listen, before we end up wrapping up, I one thing I yep. want to talk about as far as, and I mentioned the A's before, apparently Oakland is seriously considering moving over to Vegas. As we know that Vegas is trying to, you know, they're, they're trying every major league team to go out there. The minor league team and that minor league ballpark they have out there from Oakland, an absolute beautiful facility, which they actually practice next to the Golden Knights uh, practice venue when they're not obviously on the ice out there at uh, L- is it LG. No, I forgot the phone company's name, T-Mobile Arena. So mm-hmm. to me, I believe that Oakland is going to make that switch because I know they also want a new stadium out there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get it in L.A. If they're going to stick out there in Oakland because everyone's moving around everywhere. I don't know how much California, as much as they say they're broke, that money they spent just for the Rams not too long ago. They also spent it not too long ago for uh, your former champions, the Golden State Warriors. So to me, I think Oakland pretty soon jumps ship and goes to Vegas. So I, I like to go get to know your thoughts here before we end up wrapping up the show. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was always Oakland Coliseum, right? Um, the place is just ancient. Uh, everyone hates it. It, it. It's kind of like the, the vet towards the end, but we love the vet. They never liked it. The Coliseum's a disaster. I think that Oakland is definitely going to move because I think they're going to go, you know, if we think about like the, the arc of that uh, team, Philly to KC, um, to Oakland, Las, Las Vegas is getting a team and Oakland seems the most uh, likely since they're out there. I, I think it's, I don't know if it's a few years, if it's next year, if it's going to be one of those packing up overnight, but I think Oakland is definitely going to Las Vegas and, and they should, because if Oakland doesn't want to support um, them, Vegas will. Yeah, that, that's so true. I've been out to Vegas and we went to, when they were building uh, Legion Stadium, that's a beautiful, beautiful stadium. We had the opportunity to be on the outside yeah. and walk around. I mean, it's a thing is, it's a thing of wonder, a thing of marvel. But, but why not? It's Vegas. Everything they do in Vegas is big, so it's right. a great stadium and, and a great venue. But Chipper says that uh, good the city of Oakland keeps screwing the A Stadium, and uh, the stadium is old as I am. Chipper, I'm only 21 years old, so unless the stadium <laughs> is only 21, <laughs> add 32 that. But uh, no, it is it is beyond old. Chipper's been always always. Uh, Good to see you to come in. Says uh, Rick says, did the prices change for the berm tickets at Bay Park? Uh, thought they were fourteen, but saw twenty twenty one dollars today. I think during normally during the when the when the boys are in town, I know they tend to be just a tad bit higher. Obviously, for minor league games, they're a little bit lower. But I if I think we matter of fact, we paid. It wouldn't be out of out of the realm because I'm pretty sure Debbie and I paid a set of games where we pay like $20, $21 per ticket. And then it was like 16 bucks for the veterans discount. Um, but it was, it's, it's about there, Rick, about 14 to $16, but it could be $21 so depending on who's, who they know it's going to be in the lineup, put it that way uh, to, to say it, to say it best. But listen, Chris, before we sign off here, got to thank yeah. a couple of folks for obviously being a part of the show as well. And that is our sponsors, which we start off with always Tampa Joe's, if you guys are coming down to the Tampa area and looking for some great food, some serious fun, a friendly atmosphere, and guys and girls that work the tail off for Mike Goodwin, for Robert, for PJ, for Philly to South, which is the official sports bar of the Eagles down here during the NFL season, please visit TampaJoe's.com. And there, if not, if you are here, they are a hop, skip, and a jump right off the airport, 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Please. Patronize TampaJoes.com 
and more importantly with our partners at Philly Sports Trips and phillysportstrips.com. As we talked about it, we had an excellent time with the venue, with the whole entire crew the week they were down here. And if you guys don't believe me, take a look at the video I just posted up there on Facebook and see the reason why when you book your next travel to any sporting venue they have up there on the website, please do it with phillysportstrips.com. Vince and the gang do an absolute phenomenal job of hosting, taking care of you, making sure you're fine. It is stress-free, and all you have is just a great time. So, again, visit our partners at phillysportstrips.com. You will not be disappointed. Also, of course, to Larry Gilman at lgdirect.net. If you guys need credit card or payment solutions, credit card terminal solutions, put it that way, not credit card solutions, but credit card terminal solutions, please visit lgdirect.net. That's LarryGillmanDirect.net. Also, if you need apparel, visit lgdirect.net, or if not, call them at 855-777-3863, 855-777-3863, also along with BigSarsportsTalk.com. Again, with a Z instead of the S, so go to BigSarsports.com. Great content as always with a big Sarge. And also you can listen to them Monday through Friday on Sports Talk 790 from 10 to 12 Central Standard Time, 11 to 1 Eastern Standard Time with former Eagle Andy Kalu, also with Chris Gordy and Jacob Beck behind the glass. Big Sarge with the In the Trenches show Monday through Friday from 10 to 12. And also visit all the great content he puts out there on BigSargeSports.com. And also with a special partnership with Caesar Rewards. Super Draft Pro, if you guys love to gamble but do not have a gambling addiction but want to have fun, please visit our website and look at the top of the link. Click on there, and they have from a free account to a paid account to just a mediocre account, if I can put it basically in, in the best terms. But if you guys like to gamble, you like to have fun, and if you can't win money in the state where you gamble in, they do have different prices that you can apply those winning tours. So check out Super Draft Pro. You'll absolutely love it just as much as we do. Again, thanks to Eagles Media for always sharing out the show. To Steel City Renegades LLC, you guys can check check out their show during the NFL season from 7 to 9 p.m. We always have a great time over there, and they just had a show this previous Monday night or Sunday night, if I remember correctly. So check out the replay on our Facebook page, part of Redline Radio LLC. In the last couple of comments I see coming in before we end the evening here, Dylan says, Rick Marcus depends on the team whose Phillies are playing. Uh, as far as, yep, just uh, we talked about here on the pricing. So Dylan or Rick said, thank you. And sometimes if if the teams like the Yankees that will charge up tickets as a premium game, which is true, it is ridiculous. How much the Yankees, it's, you know, I don't even want to go into there because whenever you see them in Tampa, you're never going to pay anything less than a minor league ticket for New York Yankees down here. It is always at ballpark prices as if you were back at Yankee Stadium in New York. Why? I don't know. It's insane. But it is what it is. And Dylan says, go Blue Jays. Dylan, I hope you have fun with the Toronto Blue Jays. I know they're going to expect big things out of you. Keep learning, my friend, because... You keep doing great things and people are going to know who you are in someone's household pretty soon for all good things. Premium game with low cost players. Yeah, exactly. Rick over there with the, uh, with the Yanks, unfortunately, but for everyone else, thank you for tuning in again, Chris, thank you so much. And please let everyone know once again, where they can find your great content. Sure. Um, so we're at, uh, at drunk Phil's fans on Twitter, uh, at drunk Phil's fans on Instagram 
And also, if you search uh, Drunk Phil's fans on the uh, Facebook, we're, we're there as well. And then we also have drunkphilsfans.com, um, which is our more of our blog. Uh, so there's probably 10 years worth of uh, content up there. It's not just today's things. We're kind of talking about the Phillies from 1900 on, on honestly. Um, Angel, thanks for having me on. Uh, hopefully, you'll have me back again. I had a good times. Great talk. Oh yeah, no, believe me. Thanks to all of our uh, comments, and you know anyone who from Drunk Phil's fans appreciate all the fans on there. Uh, make it awesome. So, thank you. Now, Rick, Rick missed the question earlier from today, so he he says last question, and again, where did the name come from? Because he missed it in the very beginning. Okay, um, so it it uh, it was around about I'd say twelve years ago or so that I started it, and. It was more of like the drunk wasn't exactly alcohol related. It was just more like I was just intoxicated with Phillies. It's always 12 months of the year. Uh, January, I'm thinking about hot stove. Uh, middle of the season, I'm still Phil's win or lose. Um, so, so I kind of did it that way a little bit tongue in cheek. As it grew and things changed, and I, I do like different breweries, craft cocktails. I, I kind of will post um, where I'm going, the different craft beers that I'm having, uh, different types of events. So it melds uh, baseball and, 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 and beer um, is, is where it came from. So that's a good question. No, Thanks for again answering and for everyone. But sure. again, thanks to you, Cindy and Donna. Uh, Rick, Sean, I see you, you end up coming in here at the last minute. And for everyone who tuned in today, the other Chris that I, I had, we had seen earlier in the show, as well, one last comment coming in here. That's awesome. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and believe me, Rick, he will be back on. By the way, if if you have the availability on Thursday, if you'd like to come back on, in case you have questions for Leslie Goodell, who's going to be our guest this Thursday, by all means, Chris, come back this Thursday. I appreciate that, Angel. That's awesome. No problem whatsoever. For everyone else, thank you for tuning in once again tonight. We do appreciate it. We will be back this Thursday, 8 p.m. with Leslie Goodell coming up this Thursday. So please tune in Thursday night. And then next week, April 5th, we'll have Rob Motti back on with us. Rob's always a great time whenever we have him on there. Just as much fun as Farzee. So we look to hear, we hope to hear all the good things he's been doing since he left 97.5 The Fanatic. We've had him on since then. But now being the NFL season where it starts to slow down and gets a little bit of an opportunity for him to take a break and he will come back on with us. So for everyone else, have a great night. Enjoy your evening, and we will see you all on Thursday night. <laughs>